Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Blessings to you this great day, another day to serve our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and to walk with Him. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for another day. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you for working in our lives and the opportunity to call upon you every day, all day. And Lord, I pray you would just minister to each one of us. Lord, I pray you'd minister to me. Lord, may your Holy Spirit lead me and guide me in everything I do. Lord, may I be able to share truth that will maybe touch someone's life. I pray for the people listening today. I thank you for their commitment to Christian radio, their commitment to you and to their church. And Lord, I pray you just continue to be with them and guide them. And if there's one listening today that does not know you as our Lord and Savior, that they would just put their faith in you and believe that you are the Son of God. Believe that Jesus Christ came and died for our sins. I thank you, Lord, for all you do. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. Well, I want you to think about your favorite companies for a moment. Your favorite restaurants. You know, I've had my favorite restaurants over the years, and and I always tell everybody about them because I'm excited about those kind of things. I don't know why. My favorite restaurant for years and years was Wingers and Meridian when my friend Wynn Brashears um, uh, was the general manager there. We Our staff went there all the time. We just loved it. And we're excited now. I'm very fortunate to have Wynn and his wife, Cindy, that uh, come to our church, which is really, really neat. But there's different places people like, you know, that uh, and I, there's some, you know, like some Mexican places I like. I really like the the uh, Chilianos at uh, Matador. I mean, I like them because they're not deep fried and they're just they're just awesome. But what sets restaurants and uh, companies apart? You know, what what makes us want to go to those places when there's countless other choices. They say Boise is like this number two place in America per capita restaurant. So you have any choice of restaurant you really want to go to. You know, the only ones that we kind of miss, especially the In-N-Out Burger, everybody that goes and has an In-N-Out Burger across the country, you hear that all the time. But there, we have about everything. But it's probably not their vision or mission statement. It's most likely their culture that draws you in. You see, churches spend a lot of time talking about mission, vision, and values, all of which are very important. But one thing churches overlook is their culture. Culture is the spirit of the church, the personality that embodies it. Peter Drucker is thought thought of as the founder of modern management. He says this, culture eats strategy for breakfast. A church can have a clear vision, and a compelling mission statement, and whiteboards filled with strategic plans. But if the culture of the church is not one of grace, then people who are far from God will never feel a sense of belonging. The question we need to ask is, what kind of culture did Jesus create for those who are far from God? What did he create? Well, we're going to find out today and tomorrow, so I'm glad you're listening. But Jesus was completely comfortable being around people who were nothing like him. Jesus was comfortable being around sinners whose lives did not conform to God's moral law whatsoever. Why, you might ask? Because he was concerned for the lost and wanted all people to believe in him and sense his love. A strategic plan without grace creates no sense of belonging. As I've said before, we love coming up with plans and ideas to try to minister to our community. 
But without grace, without God's undeserved favor and understanding in our lives, we will never be effective. If we want people to like and we want people to belong, we have to love them. We have to love them where they're at. And most of the time, that means we are in an uncomfortable situation. I want to refer to a story today out of Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 through 13. This is the calling of Matthew, and I think you're going to understand this. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he said. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what that means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Folks, Matthew was a tax collector. Even if you don't know how much the, uh, about the Bible, you know that tax collectors have always been despised. And Jesus, in Jesus' time, they were not considered good men. They were not considered good men. Rome would tax people into the ground and use the money to fund their growing military. Quite a scheme they had. So they hired these tax collectors, and the tax collectors would make bonus money by overtaxing helpless people. So they were crooks and hated by the public. They were subcontractors of the Roman government, and in that time you couldn't sink much lower than being a tax collector. Who might you say today that, uh, that are like these guys? Maybe somebody would say, hey, me, that's similar to debt collectors, or that's similar to the IRS, or similar to salespeople who try to rip you off. One time I remember listening to a guy's sell pitch. I knew all about the product because I had sold the product myself. And that guy came in from out of town to sell at an event. And I'm telling you, I listened to his sales pitch, and it was so wrong. I mean, it was so not true. I went and talked to the owner and manager about it. I said, this man is doing anything to get a sale. And he's t not telling the truth. And, you know, that's kind of what was going on with tax collectors. They were very dishonest and trying to make a better living. Oh, yeah, if you want to make up stories, you could probably sell anything. So this story is a little fascinating. We see Jesus entering the scene. He comes to Matthew. He just walks over to the tax collector's booth. But he doesn't look at him as the scum of the earth. He doesn't look at him as low life because he's a tax collector. He sees him as a human being created by his heavenly father. The story goes on that he just didn't talk to him. Jesus said, follow me. That had to be interesting. He walks up, Matthew looks at him, and all these other people around, and Jesus says, Matthew, follow me. Then you see Jesus eating. Next thing you know, the story goes on, Jesus is eating at Matthew's house. Man, the story is worse. Not only is he associating with a hated man, the Bible says other ta tax collectors there, and he uses the term sinners, came and joined him. So he had a whole mess of people that didn't know Jesus around the table, along with the disciples. Jesus of Nazareth, the perfect man, hanging with sinners? Maybe you're going to start seeing something cultural here, something that we're talking about. Jesus was, Jesus was certainly teaching us all a great example. Love on those who are shunned. 
It's so easy for us to hang with those who like us, those who act like us, those who think like us, those that have things in common with us. Well, folks, Jesus was comfortable being around people who were nothing like him. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus is making quite a statement. He could have easily been hanging around his friends, the disciples, those he loved and lived with and had the same purpose, those that love the Lord or their God with all their might and soul. But he chose to hang with the outcast. Why? He did it for a reason. He did it to show them love and that he cared for them as people. Now, I'm not even sure that during that whole meal what the conversation was. I doubt it was a conversation trying to persuade each one to believe in him. Who knows, they might have been talking about the big football game, the Jerusalem Bulldogs versus the Canaan Tigers. We don't know. But I imagine he was developing a rapport so that the door of ministry would sing, swing wide open. After all, Matthew did follow him. He gave up, gave up his lucrative job as a tax collector to follow Jesus and to be a disciple of Christ, and to begin to change the world as we know it. In fact, the story we told comes from Matthew. comes from Matthew telling the story, how Matthew's life was changed. What if Jesus would have said, Hey, I'm staying away from that sinful man, that nut, that man that is no, no good. Then there would be no breath of hope in his life. But Jesus was showing the world what real ministry is. What a real connection is. People of God, we've got a mission out there. We have a lost world. And yet, many times, we don't want to have anything to do with them. Man, it is time to respond. It is time to say, God, I need you. I really need you. And I pray that uh, God would uh, open that door that we could really respond to that. And eating a meal was a sign of intimacy. Uh, at least it was then. So Jesus really stepped up, and he made a difference. He didn't make repentance a prerequisite for his loving them. Maybe we need to look a little deeper into that direction. Maybe we, need, we, maybe we anticipate that people should respond to our friendly advances. Jesus simply went around loving people and showing people what real love is. Folks, what should the church look like? And when I say the church, I mean the body of Christ. All of you who believe, all of you who believe are part of the church, not Cloverdale Church necessarily, but you're part of God's church, those who believe in him. Can you imagine if we could show our community that we really love them? I think we do that already some. You know, and I, and I know in our church that we, we really try to do that. And uh, we're going to talk, I'm going to start tomorrow talking about how the Pharisees respond responded to this and a little bit about the Pharisees and a little bit about what our response would be and how how we could be difference makers, how our lives can help change those around us. Because God certainly wants to make a difference in all those lives, all those who put their faith and trust in him. And I hope that you'll tune in tomorrow and, and be a part of that. But more than that, live Jesus every single day. Show people the glory of God. Allow the Spirit of God to direct your life. He wants to. He wants to use us all. We've got to do something about this community, folks. We've got to show Jesus and love people with the power of God within us. He will give you the strength. He will give you the power. He will give you the courage to be men and women of God. May God bless you this very day. 
LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.